Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm the publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and uh, one of the longest running magazines on the internet, um, where we established in 2002. And I am joined tonight by uh, Christine Piccolo. Hey, Chrissy, how you doing? Good, and Jerome Westfield TV, James Daly, how are you good. tonight? I'm good, how are you? Good, good, it's really cold here, it's like 22, we had like four inches of snow yesterday, really, really cold, cold and wow. icky. So, um, so what are your plans for Thanksgiving, any big plans going out of town or anything? No, well, my family is in town where I am, but my in-laws are about two hours away, so we're going to okay. have time. So are you going to go, like, over the river and through the woods and all that? <laughs> um, we, well, there is a river in Columbus, so we'll probably cross it at some point, but I don't know that we'll really go through the woods. Okay. I, I've been to, actually, I've been to Columbus. I've been to Columbus one time, a long time ago, um, when I was doing some work in my other, in my old life as um, a public affairs consultant uh, to mm-hmm. the environment, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and we had a super fun site that was in a place called Marietta, Ohio. And uh-huh. the only way that I could get to Marietta would be to was to fly into Columbus and then drive the hour and a half out to mm-hmm. the um, and, and Marietta is on the border between. West Virginia and Ohio. It's really yep. very different than you think of Ohio being Midwest, you know, Rust Belt. But this is like well, very much, yeah, the, the you know. Yeah, Southern Ohio's Bible Belt for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's really mountain country. Um, really well, mountain country. the south side in Appalachia, yeah. Yeah, real Appalachian, Ohio. And I was really, it was really unexpected to me. But, um, yeah, I spent some time out there. I actually had a gun pulled on me. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, this was like a super fun site out there. This was a long time ago. And there was this guy, and I'm not going to say the name of the super fun site, and I'm not going to say the name of the guy, um, but um, we were out uh, in like visiting the sites, you know, visiting the area, and we were doing like community relations, and we were going to people, and, and we're like up in the hill country, and we're about to go into this, and it's like big no trespassing signs. And this guy comes out with this right. I was not by myself. I was with the oh uh, Ohio God. DNR people and US EPA people. And this guy comes out with this rifle. I thought, you know, I was like thinking, thinking about it today because I was watching The Walking Dead again for the 85th time. And um, so it was, it was like. Hey, those guys, it's like just like down there. Um, no zombies, though. No zombies. No, no, we don't have any zombies in Ohio. I think we used to, but they left a while ago. They left, yeah. They went to West yeah, Virginia, like, maybe. You know, like the giant beaver, you know, things we used to have, but they're not around here anymore. Seriously, yeah. I, I mean, I've been to other places in Ohio. I've been to Cincinnati. I've been to Dayton. I've been to, uh, where else have oh, I been I'm in sorry, Ohio? We're in Dayton. Yeah, I, I had to be there. Columbus huh. is great, and it just keeps getting better. I mean, my office right now that I work at during the day is right on the river, and they're putting in a bunch of parkland alongside of the river. We tore down our big mall downtown and made a parkland. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on in the city, a lot of arts, a lot of theater, very strong gay community. 
Uh, anybody that wants to come to Columbus, I'll be happy to show you around. I love the city. So, it's fantastic. so you mentioned art, and I, I Chrissy, I yeah. want to ask you also what your so uh, keep that in mind for one minute because I want to mm-hmm. talk about art a little bit for for a second. Um, but Chrissy, you have any big Thanksgiving plans this week? Uh, not really. Just gonna go to my brother's for Thanksgiving dinner nice. and see my. Yeah, it's just gonna be pretty low key, but it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm going to my sister's. I have to figure. My husband's a vegetarian, and so I have mm-hmm. to figure out. I'm making an entree. I'm like looking for a quinoa, a really great quinoa um, main course recipe to bring, um, so that. You know, we we can eat. Actually, we're both going to eat the vegetarian stuff. But, um, yeah, we're going over to my sister's. None of our kids aren't here, and uh, they're away. And uh, so, yeah. Um, so, Art, I wanted, you know, and I wasn't going to talk about this till later, but um, I heard Norman Reedus, who, of course, plays Daryl on The Walking Dead, um, say that, you know, the image in last week's, in Sunday's uh, episode, um, which is what's called crossed. Um, in the scene with all the napalm melted zombies in it, mm-hmm. he that said was that insanity. that was insanity. That well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But he said and it was interesting because he was talking about it on one of AMC's like um, inside the episode things, and he said that he, the image reminded him of a Hieronymus Bosch painting. And I was like, huh, come to think of it. So do do you guys know who Bosch was? I don't. No. no. So Hieronymus Bosch was a late medieval, like early Renaissance, sort of Renaissance era Dutch painter. And his stuff, do you ever hear of the painting, The Garden of Earthly Delights? No. I think you had to grow up in a certain era to have, like, flashed on it because a lot of his paintings look like you would look at a painting when you were stoned. Um, His his paintings, a lot, his his paintings are amazing. Um, Look them up. Everybody, this is your assignment for this week. Um, Look up some paintings on the internet by Hieronymus Bosch. And um, his, his paintings would fit, actually fit really well with the surrealist movement. Uh, modern, you know, or post-surrealist movement of the 20th century, um, and he his themes were often apocalyptic. And if you look at Garden of Earthly Delights, or there's another painting by, and if you if you guys, either of you guys read my my uh, review of the episode, um, and if you go to the uh, blogcritics.org and uh, and um, go scroll down a little bit, I actually have uh, an image of the painting I'm talking about, not the, uh, not the Garden of Earthly Delights, but the one um, I actually think um, Norman Reedus was referring to. But it is pretty insane. Um, so, so go to the article or look up Hieronymus Bosch, and you'll know what I'm talking about immediately. It was a brilliant observation, I thought. Um, so what did you all, and, and I want I want to kind of, divide this conversation into like three parts or so but we always end up going off track and doing something else entirely anyway so what's the point right um <laughs> really so um so i want to talk about crossed um which was uh the penultimate episode of season 
5A. And then I also want to talk about the individual characters and where they are now. And the other thing that I want to talk about is I've been watching, rewatching season two because a lot of people hated season two. People really did not like. I mean, from you know, I'm going back and I'm looking through old reviews show, and for an immensely popular show, it hasn't been critically universally lauded um, at all. And people have a lot of not nice things to say about the show particularly um, seasons two and three. Someone's got cops down the street. Is that you, Chrissy, in the middle of Seattle? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, she's downtown Seattle. Unfortunately, that's the price I pay for living right downtown Seattle. (laughs) Oh, but that is such an awesome place to live. It really is. I love it. I love it. Um, There are days like this when it's 20 degrees out. I wouldn't mind moving to Seattle. But uh, most of the year, I absolutely adore Chicago. Um, so, um, so, God, what did you guys think about Crossed? I know Jimmy, you and I were talking a little bit before the show started um, about uh, the episode really kind of feeling. Um, oh, so I was saying that I was watching season two again, and um, I really was struck by a couple of things watching that season and in light of all the criticism that season received by the critics. And I want to humbly disagree with people who really hated season two. So being as I've just watched it twice um, in close succession. (laughs) But let's talk present day and let's talk about um, where should we start with Cross? Anyone want to chime in and then we can sort of we can sort of well you got um I mean for me um i I can't first of all, what the hell is wrong that Father Gabriel has just lost his mind when he I could not believe that he he buries you know basically buries out from underneath the church and ventures out on his own and I mean he's gonna end up dead i I mean I guess yeah. maybe he's right. He's trying to figure out, okay, can I actually kill this thing? And that's what he's trying. He's trying to figure out. So, so I mean, I don't. It's so. I don't know. In my mind, that is just so irrelevant. Well, no. What I thought was yeah, Father Gabriel was not that he's crazy or whatever. I'm looking at how he views Rick and his people. I mean, his experience with them is they're brutally murdering people in this church. So, of course, he's going to be wary of them. Of course, he's going to be scared of them. They clearly have values that he hasn't doesn't share. And because he's isolated himself, he hasn't had to deal with the realities of the world yet. Yeah. So I, I, I'm looking at Rick's group through his eyes. They're people that we love. They're scary people that he can't quite trust yet. Yeah, I think that that might be part of it, too. I think part of it is this is his reckoning. So, he... His his great sin in all of this was that he closed the doors to a sanctuary mm-hmm. for his own selfish reasons. And it's right. finally hit home to him that that's what he's done. And um, so what I said in my review was, 
He stumbles around aimlessly through the shambles of his neighborhood, finally the full impact of his deed, not providing sanctuary to his parishioners in the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse, places him firmly into hell. Will he survive? And I I don't know that he's going to survive this. Um, But um, that's maybe what he really wants, what he believes is what he deserves for his failure. Because he's a shepherd to his flock, he failed them. Right, right. And and I I understood that. I mean, in the sense of makes sense why he was, you know, kind of throwing himself out there because he just feels like he deserves that. But well, why why he was in this penultimate episode? This is leading up to this obviously what's going to be the climax of the season with right. the you know with the rescue of Beth and Carol or the attempted rescue of Beth and Carol. Um, and I think right, that it's right. like, okay, so let's get back to that. Let's get back to that. Who cares about Father Gabriel, right? I know. Um, I, I sorry. Love Father Gabriel, sorry, Father Gabriel. That's not what drug it down for me. No, that's not what drug it down for me. I'm sorry? I, said, I liked the Father Gabriel stuff. That's not what dragged the episode down for me. Okay, I what did it, what drag, what dragged it, stuff. What dragged um, it down honestly, for you? Honestly, the, the stuff with Rick's strike force and dealing with the officers wasn't that interesting to me. Interesting. Yeah. Why that not? Wasn't uh, I just, I mean, I I felt like they spent way too much time talking to the officers and trying to figure out what their plan was going to be. Uh, I yeah. don't understand why they waited around in the warehouse so long. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. I actually, what I found really super interesting about that um, and I, people were wondering, you know, what's up with Daryl, right? I mean, all of a sudden, what's his change of heart? And actually, we saw that in the last episode, too, in Consumed, where mm-hmm. twice um, he really pulled back from the violence, mm-hmm. you know, in stopping Carol from um, from killing Noah. Right, or right. shooting him, you know, shooting him, and then again, so he's really there's he's become kind of a more thoughtful, pensive, rational thinking person, um, which is really interesting. And and I, as I said at the beginning, I've been watching season two, and there he's kind of there in season two um, for some of it, and then he pulls back, but. Um, he has sort of been that more um, nonviolent person. You know, we see Tyrese as being really the nonviolent person, which he is. Um, But did you guys find it really surprising that Daryl was on Tyrese's side? What what was that about to you guys? I'm sorry, say that last part again. So what was that, that, you know, what was that, why, because I've heard a lot of opinions about why he did that. You know why he backed Tyrese? Oh. And do you guys, do you guys have any ideas on it? Well, I, I just, I think that, I think he's just, I don't know. I felt like he was just, he's tired of it all. I think that they're getting, they're getting tired of, of, of their existence. I mean, you could see Maggie is getting aggravated. I mean, she's just like not going to get any better than this. And I think that they're trying to also preserve their energy. I mean, was it necessary to kill all of those walkers that are not even attacking them? 
No, it wasn't. If it's a right. life-threatening situation, then I think everybody's all in. But it's not, you know, at some point, you have to use your humanity to kind of guide you versus just the savagery of what it has mm-hmm. become almost, you know. And I think Daryl is trying to, you know, kind of, I don't know, turn thing, turn that mindset of, you know, everybody, just because they're walkers, they have to die. If it's, right. not, it's not an urgent situation, life or death thing, then there's no reason for it. And I think, too, he was trying to guard, um, you know, guard her to say, you know, hey, you know, you need to stop and think about this for a minute. Right, and, and I think I that think stuff with, yeah, I think that stuff with Carol was, he was yeah. trying to pull her back from the yeah, violence that she exactly. had to live by. Exactly, um, exactly. Jimmy, what are you thinking? I know you didn't like that storyline in this episode, but oh, I, I mean, I I liked the moment where Daryl and Tyrese confronted Dick. I liked that part of it. It yeah. was after that the way it drug out that started to bother yeah, me. Yeah, it did. No, I I think Daryl's uh, thing was kind of a. Uh, I mean, I don't think Walking Dead's the motivations are generally very straightforward. I think it's usually a combination of things because they are very complex characters, and I think part of it is. You know, he's worried about Carol, and he's going to give her her best chance to survive. Right. And, you know, a firefight is not going to give her her best chance. And no. another part of it is we never see him kill unnecessarily. He's, right. I mean, he can be violent, but these people, I mean, they're not all bad. They're not like the governor. You know, I mean, Noah right. came out of them. Noah says they're not all bad when they get lamps, and he's like, he's one of the good guys. So I could see why Daryl wouldn't want to go in and just start killing guards that aren't necessarily, don't necessarily deserve it. Right. I've noticed that, you know, and I was kind of thinking of who are the characters in the, in our core group that don't kill, that, that really hold back from killing unnecessarily. And Mm -hmm. it's a small group, you know, you know, again, watching season two and Shane, I was thinking, my God, boy, Rick was really bright to kill him. I mean, Shane kills, for a minute. We're still on the warehouse yeah. thing, I know. Sasha, but, who okay. is now my vote for most expendable in the huh? finale. You think so? Yeah. Sasha is, has, has surpassed Beth, in my mind, as most expendable for the finale. Man, was she stupid. Oh, my gosh. And I, I mean, totally get yeah. I get it. I totally get I it. By the, way, if, by the way, if you're listening in and you want to come and talk to us and give your opinion on the air, our number is 646 646- Five nine five three one nine five. So call on in and um, join our conversation. Um, so yeah, so I understand. Okay, so this cop was kind of a manipulative, sweet talking, you know, cop, and um, Sasha trusted him a lot more than she ought to have. But she yeah. should know better. 
I mean, the minute he started inching behind her, I'm like, oh, no, no. I mean, I thought coming before that, but I was just like, oh, God, is she, and this, and she this, is, but I just left, in, I know, I was like, Sasha, <laughs> In defense of Lansom, I thought he was going to push out the window, or he could have killed her, yeah. she did it. He knocked her down and right. he ran, so he wasn't right. trying to, Right. You know. And I, you know what, I honestly, I think that that person, that there actually was somebody he knew out there. Mm-hmm. His his delivery yeah. of the yeah. lines and his facial expressions were very suggestive that, yeah, that really was like a friend or a partner or whatever out there. And but then he saw um, the opportunity and he took it. He, he saw the opportunity and he took it. Um, In his situation, okay. you can't fault him for that. Right. No, you you really can't. And I think he's not still not necessarily what I would call a bad guy. No, so, no, not at all. Um, I wanna before I get back to the sort of into the hospital and I wanna talk about Dawn mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a little bit, but I wanna just get to the other storyline that was addressed in the episode and that was the story um out with uh, Abraham and Eugene and Glenn and all of that yeah. those guys. Right. Um so what do you, what's up with that? I mean, I, I thought that was kind of a needless set of scenes yeah. to me. Uh, no, see, I liked that, but it was in the wrong spot. It shouldn't have been this close to the end of the season. Right. The, it slowed down this episode, but it was yeah. a good story. Because oh, no, you I needed love to have Abraham. You need to have Abraham find that reason to go on and, and come to terms with that he's not suicidal. And we also got to see a little bit of the group. Uh, refusing to abandon Eugene and, and also demonstrating, I mean, they say that his only skill is lying and how can you blame him? But when you listen to Rosita be like, oh, Eugene taught me how to filter water. Oh, Eugene taught me, you know, he clearly has some other skills to offer too. Right, right. He just may not know that. Mm-hmm. He's got to lose the mullet though. <laughs> I don't think he will. I think that's a trademark. No, I know it that's is. That's part I of his, his style. So, you know, speaking of death, um, I want to update everybody who's listening on the um, mid-season finale poll as to who is going to be dead by the end of the mid-season uh, finale on Sunday. And mm-hmm. we've had tons and tons of votes. Um, there have been more than 26,000 people who have visited the poll. Yay! Um, not quite that many who have voted, but we're, we're, we've got really good numbers of, of votes. So you want to hear what the mid the mid uh, midline uh, results are, and then of course yeah. everybody can go and vote. Um, so the the high point getter with twenty six percent of respondents saying it's going to be Maggie. No, I disagree. Oh, I, disagree. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be Maggie either. Twenty two percent. Go down the list and tell us who else got high. Beth, twenty two percent. Yeah. Carol, 14%. Oh, I hope not, but no. I can see that. Eugene, 8%, so it really drops no, down. No, not at all. Not at all because his story isn't anywhere near it. Um, Noah, 7%. Mm. Abraham, no, again, 7%. same thing. There. Yeah. Tyrese, 5%. Carol and Glenn, 4%. And Sasha, 3 Sasha got the lowest expected? Yeah. I was just going to say, I think Sasha might. But you know what? Don't forget, a lot of the voting occurred before Sunday's episode because the poll was up for for a full week before last Sunday's episode. I was thinking it even before this past episode, though. 
I, re- I you know, I had Beth as the most, um, you know, the most Me likely too. in my mind, but I'd they've done some other things with her, so I'm not completely sure. I can see them getting her a Carol because it would make a big impact, but I really hope they don't. But oh. they, they do tend to pick people whose stories kind of have a natural stopping point. They don't just kill people in the middle of an arc. And like yeah. Abraham and Eugene, Abraham yeah. and Eugene are nowhere close to being at a stopping point. Right. So I don't see that happening. I would be. And same I, with Father Gabriel. I know you, I, I heard you say on Twitter or something that you thought Father Gabriel might, but I, I think he's still got an arc to go as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing about Carol is from a purely narrative storytelling point of view, mm-hmm. her death would just, she, her death would just, because she's one of the original people. Right. And right. her death would be devastating to everyone. It would about kill Daryl. And she's a fan favorite, so it'll be devastating to the viewers, too. It'll be devastating. I definitely see them killing her. I will just be really upset if they do. I will but too. I was really upset when they killed Dale. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time I was really upset. Yeah. Dale's yeah. death was like, wow, I really, and I love the, I mean, his his kind of purpose in, in the first, in, in season two for sure, was um, uh, really to be an antagonist to uh, Shane. Well, Dale Dale's death is the only one in the series that wasn't story-driven. It was production-driven. Mm. So that kind of, cha- that, to me, I guess, was part of what made it such a shame, because when they ousted the first showrunner, he was really good buddies with Jeffrey DeMond, and Jeffrey DeMond uh-huh. asked to be let go in a show of solidarity, and so uh-huh. they obliged and killed him off, even though he did come back before that and have second thoughts, but they were honoring so, his request. So I've only seen Jeff DeMond playing a villain, and this was so much fun. Really? So, okay, trivia time. Chrissy, you should know this. Oh, what is God. the connection okay. with the X Files? God, I don't know. I can't even think. Wait, what is for what this episode? You mean? No, um, Dale, uh, Jeffrey Demond, who plays Dale. Oh, oh my God, I don't know. What's his connection I, with the X Files? I I don't know. I'm blanking completely. He was a major. He was a baddie in the uh, movie, first movie. Wait a minute. Let me. He played a bad guy scientist oh. in the first movie. Was was he on the uh, on the board? On the board. On the board. No, he was at the okay. B place. Wait, who? Where? Je- Jeffrey Demond, who plays Dale. Yeah. On The Walking Dead, right? Right, right, um, right. Yeah. So he was at the you know the B where the bees were, and the cornfields. Oh, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. He gets, yeah, he gets killed. Plate. He gets killed in that. But he was a bad guy. He was definitely a bad right. guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's his X-Files. So I've only seen him, and I've seen him in other stuff, too, and he's always playing a bad guy. Um, he was I, in a movie. He was actually in a movie, like, in this, I think. Now I have to look this up because, hold on a second. Because um, I... I remembered him being in, gosh, back in, when was it? In the 70s, in the 60s. Maybe he wasn't. No, I'm not seeing it in his, um, 
in his profile here in uh no, maybe not. Um, I thought I'd seen him in something called Around the World Under the Sea. But I guess that's not right. So, who on me? <laughs> okay. Um, like, all right. Under the Sea. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, 1966. Okay. So, I have to see. That wasn't him? I'm, like, shocked. Cat. Uh... Well, who was that then? Huh. I guess not. That was really weird. I could have sworn he was in that. Hmm. Anyway, let's keep talking about The Walking Dead. Um, those of you who have tuned into the show to hear about Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time was not on this past Sunday, um, but we will talk about it. Is this the season finale? Is When does the season finale air? Or the mid-season next finale week. is it? I thought it was ne- next week. Next week as in November Is there how, what episode are they on now? I don't remember. I think they're, all, they're on. The, I thought they were on episode nine. Well, then uh, sure. Oh, so they maybe nine. They should have three more left. Three more. That's right. Okay, so they're not. They're not done yet. Um. Okay. So that's true. Okay. So I was wrong. It's not the season finale. The 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 right the see the season finale, the mid season finale. Um. So I'm wrong. Um. So anyway, but uh, once upon a time we'll be back on the air this Sunday or uh, it's this Sunday on the thirtieth. Yeah. I think I just yeah. No, um. Yeah. On the thirtieth. Yeah, it comes on. Okay, we have one, two. Yeah, three, it'll be on four. the thirtieth. We have. Oh wait, we have no. Next week is the uh, December twelfth. Is going to be the season or the mid. So there are three. Finale. There are three. There are three more episodes. Okay. So this week's episode is called The Fall, and we'll talk about right. it. Um, it's Jane Espenson's episode, and I will be watching it. Yay! I'm really okay. I'm still at that convincible state. By the way. <laughs> um, and then, by the way. We have the finale. The finale is actually December seventh, and then it won't come back till March first. Oh, it's December seventh, so there are only two more episodes. Two left. Yeah, there's two more. Okay, I thought there was only one or two more. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was December seventh. There's like one or two more, so there's two more episodes. So, um, all right, so let's go back to the get back to the Walking Dead, and let's talk about Grady Memorial Hospital. Oh my God! What a hot so. Mess. What do you guys? So, what do you guys make of Dawn? Is she evil or is she just hanging no. on? Or is she? I don't, a, she I don't think she's evil, but I mean, she's got massive issues. That's for sure. I mean, I don't know if it's just because she feels like being a bitch and uh, trying to be ruthless is the only way to survive. Yeah, she, she has a call. She has a certain code she's trying to live by, and it's hard to figure out because it's not the normal frame of reference, but, like, now that she has respect for Beth because Beth proved her strength, it shows mm-hmm. something different about her. And now I started to wonder this week, and I, I'm really bad at predicting, especially with The Walking Dead, but I started to wonder this week if there isn't maybe some way Dawn could join the group and end this without the bloodshed that everybody's expecting. I don't think that's the way it's going to go, but 
but I started to see hints that maybe that could happen. That the yeah. two groups could join. Right. Oh, and that so, they could, because, they could and end I up think she would be Well, if she follows Rick's leadership instead of having to take that mantle on herself, I think she could be calmed down and be a better character. <laughs> you know, one that's not so concerned with holding things together. So are you thinking maybe that, you know, the second half of the season, home base for them is going to be this no, hospital? No, no. I, I think they need to get to D.C. I think they're going to be on the road to D.C., and yeah. we should be in D.C. for season six. But, and, and that's another reason why, I mean, I don't think Don would leave the hospital unless there was nothing left there for her, whether it's destroyed or she lost enough people. Um, I could see several people from the hospital going with the group. I think Doc Jensen is probably a strong contender for joining mm-hmm. our people. I mean, we're short a doctor, and he's not, I mean, he's not great, but he's not evil. He, I mean, he did kill somebody, but he's not completely evil. Um. I mean, you could even argue that was kind of self-defense, sort of, in a roundabout way. But, yeah, I I, I think we'll have some more besides Noah. Uh, we may see Lamson join. We may see Doc Jensen. And in yeah. my world, I would love Don to join because I love Christine Woods, the actress that plays her. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. So do you think both women are going to come out of this alive? I hope so. I, I think so Carol's too. more likely to die than Beth, though. No, well, it would break my heart. It would really break my heart. You know, <laughs> never mind that I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a borderline. I'm not a shipper of anybody, so I don't want any relationships to consume, to be consummated. Um, but uh, with Daryl, I think he he's better as a kind of a loner. I like that. I like that character yeah. as being a loner. That's just slowly, um, but when you think like, about warming it, up. It is but bad. it would really, it would really break my heart to see that relationship, which is so lovely and so real, um, just disappear. Um, although, from a, as I said, from a narrative storytelling point of view, yeah, that would give Norman Reedus it makes a sense. whole. It would make yeah. give him a whole lot to work with. Um, in the second half of the season, to have to deal with Carol's death, he's got to feel responsible. He's got to feel responsible for both Beth and Dale being Beth and Carol being there. For a while, so, I started to think that maybe some characters were protected for the comic book, not because of the comic book. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, it only loosely follows the comic book, but there are certain. I mean, the the general plots follow. And so I started to think that certain characters would be safe just because they lived so much longer in the comics. But I opened uh-huh. up this most recent. They just set, shipped out a new paperback, like of six issues or whatever last week or eight issues. And in it, you know, Rick's living with Andrea and Carl's telling her mom. And then Carl's like, you know, flirting with Sophia. And I'm like, okay, so no, they're not, they're not worrying about preserving anybody <laughs> for the comics. No, all. Sophia and Andrea are long gone. Yeah. And, they're only now, like, really important to Carl and Rick and their relationships in the comics, so. So um, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I wrote about Dawn. Um, I'm not sure what to make of Dawn, except that she's very unstable, and that makes her dangerous. Is she at heart a good person trying to make the best of a terrible situation, trying to keep control of a society that simply no longer exists? Um, is Grady some last stand against dehumanization? I think she thinks it is. But it's her unpredictability that's the biggest threat. Why help Beth secure drugs for Carol? 
um, was the epinephrine the right drug or will the medicine cause her to die, just like that poor guy in Slabtown? With Carol off life support, Beth really doesn't have a choice but to trust the powers that be. But what sort of horrors had she witnessed during the fall of Atlanta? The government bombed the city, preparing it and peppering all the, it and all the survivors with napalm, leaving zombified survivors melted into the asphalt. Can you even imagine with the survivors of that horror watching from inside concrete structures while everyone else in the street perishes in flame and then turns zombie before their eyes? How would that have affected Dawn and the others, sworn to serve and protect? How helpless they must have felt. No wonder Dawn went crazy. It's almost as if they're on autopilot, what they must do, and how all perverted into a weird, twisted, horrific parody of their pre-apocalypse lives. So that's what my take on it was in mm-hmm. my review. Um, yeah, and it almost, yeah, and it's almost like, you know, when you're on autopilot and you sort of go through the motions of what you think you're supposed to do, and then mm-hmm. when you've been traumatized, uh, it's a heightened version of that. So it's almost like she's in this heightened version of what she's supposed to do as a police officer. Right. Uh, so I thought that was kind of, you know, that that makes her character very interesting. So um, moving along, so anything, any other thoughts about, any other thoughts about Crossed? And then I want to go to... Um, what you guys think is going to happen in the finale? Well, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think what to happen. I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting that the doctor was pissed, basically, that um, Don gave Beth the keys to the, uh, to the drug. Right. Uh, the drug. To get the epinephrine. So he, he, he's realizing that I think his his time is running out. I wouldn't be surprised if he bites the dust in the in the mid season finale. I mean, uh, I don't think he's necessary, and he doesn't think he's necessary either. Well, well, Jimmy would disagree with you because they need a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be nice to have a doctor. I lost Herschel. I just feel like he's just he's given up himself on himself. And so it doesn't really make me wanna like root for him, that's for sure. He felt very defeated. Um and I mean I thought that it was interesting that uh Don did allow Beth to save Carol. Um, and what exactly does that mean exactly? I I don't know. I mean she's obviously yeah. what we think. I mean, Carol is, is is very, very ill. I mean, she's really right. badly injured. And with regards to, I know you guys are talking about, you think Beth is going to die, I mean, the only thing that would be, no. I mean, it would be heartbreaking. I, I, because Carol, Carol had to get rid of all the Carol had to, had to kill, you know, two of the little girls. Yeah. And then to have to watch Beth die, I think, might, might put her over the edge. I don't know. I I I don't think they're going to kill Beth. I think it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I kind of, you know, maybe even Rosalie, possibly. Oh, Rosita? Rosita? No, Rosita, no, Rosita's yeah. had almost no development yet. They're not going to kill her yet. Right. So, I mean, is it possible that no major character is going to die in the finale? 
No, I don't think. No, I don't think they're going to kill somebody. Yeah, they're it's been too someone. long. They've been very sparing, and they promised us this year would be less sparing. And the only one we've lost is Bob. And I, I I'm sorry, Bob wasn't that important to me. Um, so I think yeah. it's got to be somebody on the level of it's Carol be- or Sasha. But Sasha would not be as big as Carol. I, the no. more I think I about mean, the more I think it's going to be Carol, and that really bumps me out. You know, when I when I printed when I published the poll, I left certain mm-hmm. people out of it. That character, like I left out Father Gabriel because it's not that I don't think he could die because he could. He's not, no, he's not going to. I mean, they he, need him not, as much. I mean, they they need him for spiritual well-being. Who else do they have to keep him on the path of right? Right, that's true. Um, But I think that, you know, the reason I didn't include him in the poll was I don't think he's a main character. What I consider, like, a core cast member. And there's the thing with Walking Dead is, well, where's the line between main and core? And I feel like it's a show where main characters, there are definitely characters that are more central than others. But right. I feel like some of those others can work their way into that core over time. Like, oh, yeah. was not well, a core character originally, but now no. I definitely think she is. Neither was Daryl. Um, right. The, they the they first earned season, their way into that core. Right. The first season, he was actually, his character was intended to just be um, a recurring character that would disappear. I mean, he wasn't even on the, yep. uh, you know, front credits. He was like well, a guest. Guest cast. And Carol was also starring, but didn't make the theme song until last year. You I know. know. She was always. And I think uh, Glenn used to be more central and has kind of. Right. Di- he was like third. In the first and second season, he was the third listed in the credits. Um, Third listed, maybe fourth listed. Right after. I think he was fourth listed after. um. Andrew Lincoln, Burnfall, and uh, the person who plays Lori. Lori, yeah. Um, so, I mean, slowly, you know, yeah, definitely that people can work their way into the core. Like Herschel, you know, was became. Oh, such God. An Herl, oh, I love Herschel. Yeah, and he became such an important character. Who would have thought, you know, when in that first episode where they come to the farm, um, with, you know, carrying Carl in half dead that he was going to become such an important cast member. Such an uh, important the people that know. read the comics knew that. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, they were still well, doing a little bit more true. I mean, but Daryl isn't even in the comics. Yet he's become right. such an important character. He's now That's second true. listed in the credits. Right well, after Andrew Lincoln. As he should be. As he should be. Absolutely. Okay, speaking of Daryl. What about that scene? Oh my gosh! With the melted zombies. Oh my god! I was so grossed out. I was like, oh my god, this is like a whole new level of it. I thought they were gonna bite him for a minute. I really thought they were gonna kill Dan. I know, me. I did. I was freaking out. I was like, no. But when he when he grabbed that head. I thought he was going to stick his hand in his mouth and get himself bit. Well, and why would he do Because he was being choked. He was, he was groping around. At first I thought he was groping around looking for some sort of something to, to balance. Because he was being choked to death. That, you know, just to give him some leverage. And he's just sort of groping around. And then, ah, there's a mouth. 
okay, the eyes have to be somewhere up here, and maybe I can use this guy like a bowling ball. <laughs> and I just thought that was really an amazing scene. Now, on the on the AMC.com um, official page for uh, Walking Dead, there is actually a, I think it's like four minutes long, a behind-the-scenes of that scene. So there's stuff in, that was in Talking Dead about that scene as well. Yeah, this is a longer piece about it. Longer version of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really real. That's where Norman Reedus makes the Hieronymus Bosch comparison um, to that scene. I was like, oh, Bosch. I love Bosch's paintings. That's why I'm like glomming onto that. Um, very cool stuff. But that well, was... Hey, guys, I have to go. I have to leave now because I'm doing my spreecast, my Sleepy Hollow spreecast. Go do your spreecast. Everybody listen to Chrissy's spreecast after. Yeah. The end of the talk, of the, of, of Let's Talk TV. Yeah, um, so have a, have a good show, Chrissy. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Chrissy. Bye. Happy okay. Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, Happy to you, too. You okay. Too. Have a good one, guys. Okay, bye, Chrissy. Bye. So, so I, I want to talk about. Um, I was, as I said, I've been watching season two, and um, I wanted to come back and talk about that. And then we're going to talk about your web series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to talk about season two because I've been kind of going back and watching each season really carefully. Um, just to kind of see the arcs and to see the characters and what they say, you know, what is what, what's you know, what's the story? Um, season one was interesting and a short season, first of all, only what was it, six episodes? Six, yeah, yeah, and it it kind of sets the stage. Um, and season two, I was struck by the fact that. You know, reading about it, people were saying, oh, season two really sucked, and it was really terrible, and it was horrible. So did you think season two was bad? No. I mean, okay, I will say that of all the seasons of the show, it's, in my mind, the weakest. But that why? doesn't mean it's bad. I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it was the weakest of the seasons so far? Well, I think it was I'm curious. Moving, which the show's... The show's always been slow-moving, which yeah. isn't a bad thing if you do it right. In recent years, it's been slow-moving because it's taken time to really delve into character development, and I don't think they had figured out that that was their bread and butter yet in season two. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of action was drawn out, but it didn't have those really complex interactions. The character story arcs were more pedestrian. I mean, we had that love triangle that plays out the same as every other freaking love triangle on right. television. You know, it, it did a lot of things that were similar to other shows and it hadn't found its own way yet. It hadn't found what makes it unique yet, I think. Okay. So so this is what I... And, and season two, I have to be honest, was the season that really hooked me. Really? Um, for all the reasons that you're saying made it weak, I disagree. Um, I think the characterization and the character development was more subtle, maybe, and more sparse. But I think it was really there. Um, and I and I kind of and I, I've been rewatching it as I said really carefully, and I haven't gotten all the way through it. 
think I'm like halfway through season two, um, just to where they uh, have met um, Balefire. <laughs> Sorry, Michael, Michael, Raymond James. Yeah, I remember right. that episode. Yeah. yeah, so I'm past that um, in my rewatching very carefully. So I, I'm just going to kind of like read my notes. And this is going to be kind of stream of conscience, consciousness. But I want to, and then next week I also want to talk about season three because I want to, I want to kind of take the series apart a little bit. Um, sure. And so season, so let's talk about season two. Um, and these are just my notes. Um, obviously there was the search for Sophia, which everyone said, oh my god, it was so drawn out, so drawn out, so drawn out. Um, but what I think. Over the, the overarching point of that was that you've got these guys. This is shortly after the zombie apocalypse. They're still, yeah, they were kind of like camping on the road for six months or whatever it was all during. No, they weren't yet. They weren't yet. That's season three. Excuse me. Um, so th- this is very shortly after the zombie apocalypse happens. And I think that they still... Have, and I think this season was a lot about holding on to hope that all could be the same, that it could be gotten back, that they could move on from this, um, that they could do better than what their current situation was. And I think all of them are walking around in a sense of disbelief that this is still happening, you know, they're still walking around with a sense of disbelief that this has happened. So the whole thing with the Sof- you know Sophia Rick losing sight of her, and then mm-hmm. that and then that that search for her, particularly Daryl's search for her, which I want to talk about in a minute because I think that was about something else entirely. Um, mm-hmm. Was they if they could find her, just like you know Carl recovered from his gunshot wound. If they could, if they could find her, then everything will be all right. Um, Herschel's family in the barn, which I'm also want to talk about in greater detail in a minute, because I thought that was incredibly powerful arc to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that too was like, maybe these people are just sick. Maybe these people aren't zombies. Maybe they're just sick. Maybe there's a cure. And even in season five. Maybe there's a cure, right? The whole thing with Eugene. Like, oh, this false messiah of, of maybe there's a cure. Um, and in season two, maybe it was so, you know, people are, and, and his family. He's a man, he's an intelligent man. Herschel's a, a, a bright, intelligent, college-educated, professional man. And he believes still living in that farm. Um, so a lot of it has to do with holding on to these fraying bits of hope. And I think that had to play out slowly. And maybe too slowly, I didn't think so, but maybe too slowly. Um, but this whole slow, it's like a balloon, right? It's this full, full balloon. And, and then the farm, you know, this pastoral, right? This pastoral setting that season two is in. And even Herschel brings Rick out and says, just take a look. And you see the hills in the distance and these waving fields of grain. This is what 
we have. But the whole season is, and I and I said in my notes, this is about a large balloon and deflating, and that large balloon being hope, and the slow deflating of that balloon, little bit by little bit. And so I think it worked on that level. And I think if you if we were watching it, if I was watching it episode by episode, it would have frustrated the hell out of me. <clears throat> but watching yeah. it again, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I watch I'm watching it as if I'm reading a really good novel. Mm-hmm. And there are some parts of really good novels that move very, very slowly. Too slowly for my taste. But this is a really so so that's what I love so much about season two. I really felt that I could see this all unfold. Again, if I was watching it week by week, it would have probably driven me crazy. Yeah. So that's well, why it really helped me. Well, and there's been that theme of, you know, they sell out the farm and it doesn't last. They sell out the prison and it doesn't last. Right. I really, I really wish you would read the comic books because I'd like to talk to you about what's gone on since they've been in D.C. and if there's any chance of building a permanent home and rebuilding civilization and but the comics don't have my favorite character in them. How can I read that? I understand that. And, and to be honest, the character development isn't as strong in the comics, but they're still good. And, I mean, unlike the governor is very brutal outwardly and physically instead of being sneaky, but there's still, like, really good uh, questions being asked. And that core thing of what does it take to survive and move on once humanity right. is still there and I'd, I'd really like to hear uh, if you get a chance you should there's like 130 issues which I know seems like a <laughs> lot but they're comic books they're comic books they're okay. not novels and okay. if you could yeah you should just do it I'm telling you I will promise to do that I will promise to, to do that um, so okay so that's why I like season two but I want to talk about a couple of different things in particular. Um, so Shane's devolution. I think that, you know, Shane represents the kind of cop that everybody hates. Like, and I don't want to bring Ferguson into this because I don't want to um, trivialize what happened in Ferguson, uh, Missouri. I can see but, Shane if he had continued to play out, ending up like a governor or like a dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he lost it. And this is mm-hmm. a guy who lost his, you know, and you wonder, was he ever really a good guy, you know? Um, yeah. And, and maybe he got into police work because that was a way to channel his inner uh, asshole, you know? Yep. Um. You know, he was he was never really a, a very good guy. And here he slept with his best friend's wife for crying out loud, you know. Um, well, I mean, they did, they did think he was dead. But I want, you know, like Shane in the context of the whole barn thing during season two was just, I was just watching that episode with my mouth just hanging open. I was like, who could do that? Who who could do that? Um, I thought this was like so abhorrent to do it. And well, there was I, definitely a certain amount of him being jealous and coveting Rick's life and trying to take on that existence that he thought. Yeah, I I get that. 
I get that. But to just to to take Herschel's hospitality and mm-hmm. just stomp on it like that. I mean, well, he wow. was a bully. He was a bully. He was a bully. It was really it was really interesting because I was, you know, when when the beginning of that scene, um, I'm going to say hi to Mr. Karras, who is in the uh, in the uh, chat room. Um, who hasn't been here for a while. Um, but, you know, it's funny because in that scene, you know, Andrea takes her gun and, and everyone knows. And Daryl kind of walks into the scene and he's wanting to go out and, and you know, he's, oh, we got a trail. We got to go look for Sophia. And, um, you know, Shane is all, you know, Shane is in a different place. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, okay, what's go? what the hell's going on here? And then they all just start shooting at these zombies once they start coming out of the out of the barn. But I mean to rip Herschel's entire being from him. You know, it's like it's like and I want to compare it to Abraham and his mission and once Eugene, you know, burst that bubble, he becomes like broken because like what is there left? And Herschel keeping his family alive in that barn, even though there were zombies, was his mission. And now that mission was, you know, and and, and his reaction to it. Um, Well, you know, it was Otis that actually put everybody apart. Well, no, I know that. (laughs) Right. But, well, I know that Otis put everyone in there. But but I'm, I'm guessing that some of those people were put in there, like the family, were oh, yeah, put yeah, in there. Herschel had a say in that, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Herschel didn't know anything about Sophia being, I mean, they wouldn't even know who Sophia was. Right. Right. But they were they were rescuing, if you will, other walkers. I mean, they yeah. were getting them out of the swamp and stuff. And that's how Sophia ended up in there. And, you know, they probably just didn't know because Otis put her in there and he hadn't had a chance to tell anyone yet, you know? Right, because it probably had just happened. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking, you know, that what a horrible, horrible man Shane was for doing that. Yeah, okay, they killed the zombies, but the zombies had been living there for how long? They were yeah. no, they were no intrinsic threat. No, at well, all. And what does it say about Lori that she was with a guy like that? Right, right. She was with him, and that's a pretty. You know, I mean, and he's so different. Was, do you think it was a self-defense mechanism to protect herself and her child? Or do you think she really had feelings for Shane? Well, remember at the very beginning of the series, she and Rick were having really serious mm-hmm. marital issues. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she uh, she saw Shane as being so different than Rick. I that didn't know that they were that different. I mean, I know that it is a core part they are, but I think they were almost two different approaches to the same thing, sort of. I definitely uh-huh. saw some parallels between them as well. Yeah, oh, there were definitely parallels between them. And I think maybe Lori liked some of the similarities that they shared. Okay, but I think I but think that... that- some of what attracted her to that strength. Yeah. There's a little bit of bad boy. There's a little bit of... Yeah. Well, you know, and Rick doesn't have any of that bad boy. He does, but he's... I think he does, 
but he doesn't let it rule him, and there are times right. he's let it come out more than others. Yes, he but has. overall, he makes a different choice, and I think a lot of that has to do with Carl. I think without Carl, Rick may have been more like Shane. Oh, yeah, because you see, you know, when Carl has become cold and ruthless himself, uh-huh. Rick pulls what that does, it pulls it, he, it pulls him off that edge. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I can't think there's do definitely that. something to be said about that. Yeah, no, I that that's a really good point. Um the I want to talk about the Daryl and the I know it's like you know that you know, it's like I don't want to talk about it because he's my favorite character. But he's a lot of people's favorite character. Um because oh, he is he's such an interesting character. And season two I think was like a super incredibly pivotal season for him. Um Was the that, Merle episode in season two? Yeah, oh the Chupacabra. Yeah. The, oh, oh the man! Merle, the Merle hallucinations, not the real. Merle. The Merle hallucination, right? The Merle hallucination. Yeah. Um, that, that was a epi- strong episode. That was a stunning episode, um, and I think it allowed um, Norman Reedus. To, I've never seen anything else he's been in, and judging from the titles of his movies, I'm not sure that I want to necessarily. <laughs> That's not usually my <laughs> style of movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Boondock Saints, not not quite my style. Um, but I am interested in his art and photography, which I've seen some of, and it's pretty cool. Um, his artwork, he's, he's an artist, um, which is kind of cool. But anyway, um, uh, so he's, so that, that the whole search for Sophia, what do you think that was about? I mean, he was so determined about that. I mean, it has been a while, I'll admit I'm a little fuzzy, but just I'll, I'll, by what I know I'll, of the character, I would imagine it it has to do with his own abusive upbringing and seeing something of that in Carol and Sophia and how they interacted with, you know, her husband um, before he died. And I would I would assume, you know, he felt that a connection to that family. Right, maybe even to Sophia herself, because this is an abused right, child. Right, that was him, yeah. And, you know, searching for her, you know, is in a, in a little sense redemption for himself. But I think also redemption for him not finding Merle. Yes. And I think also part of it, though, was also to prove himself outside of yes. Merle's shadow. Because that's when he was coming into his own, having lived in Merle's shadow before that. Right. And his icky shadow. Um <laughs> Yeah. You can say what you want about Merle, but what a terrific character. Oh, what a it's a, he's a great character. character. Oh, man. And Rooker, what a great actor. I know. Fantastic. He played that role with relish. Um, Which we could talk more about with season three next week. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I miss him. I still miss yeah. him. Yeah. But you know what? I love the fact he's not there because it's really allowed Daryl to, to grow. I know. I and I just, um, I, I mean, I love for another half season or something. I love the idea that this guy who's this, you know, who Merle characterized as, you know, redneck white trash, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously it's a hallucination. So that's what he right. feels about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, has this story about this, this Cherokee Rose that, he he tells to Carol, bringing her the flowers. I mean, that's just like such a, you know, it's one of those um, 
paradoxical things you wouldn't expect of that character. Mm-hmm. That he's got that soul. He's got that soulfulness that is like seems to be in total at total odds with his character, and that's like really intriguing. Um, do you remember that whole like thing about the Cherokee Rose? Not really. I remember. I mean, the, the phrase sounds familiar. I don't okay, so what, so what like happens that. is because I, I you weren't responding to it, and I was like, oh, oh he doesn't remember. So I don't. I'm sorry. When they <laughs> first were, three years since that aired. I know. I know. So when they were first at the farm, mm-hmm. um, and they're all out, and and Daryl's yeah. out looking for her, and yeah. um, he comes across this. Cherokee rose and he brings it to her and in this beer bottle with water in it and puts it in the trailer next to her and she's like what the hell what's this about you're bringing me flowers and he's like well there's a there's a legend that when the American soldiers were pushing the Cherokees off their land and you know the trail of tears Mm -hmm. that um, the children would be either killed from exposure or just disappeared or dead from whatever. And the legend has it that um, where the women's tears fell, these Cherokee roses would grow along the trail of tears. And he tells her this story. And he says it was, the story was told to them to give them hope. And so he found in the midst of all of these weeds and no floral bloom at all, there was this Cherokee rose just sort of there in the same area where they know that that, um, that Sophia was. And I, it just struck him. And I just like, wow, what a great – see, when you – like that's a, that's a bit of character development that doesn't hit you over the head, but it's like it makes you think, huh, wow, who is this guy? And that Cherokee Rose then just plays out during that whole arc. And in the end, after they find that Sophia is one of the zombies in the barn, um, Carol finds, because he actually, Daryl actually takes her out to this field where there are these Cherokee Roses and shows her. And that's where he tells her the story. And then after Sophia dies, she goes back there by herself and just rips them all out and crushes them and stomps them, you know, how dare he give me hope. Um, But she is changed by that event. And he he reacts to Sophia uh, being dead by completely cutting himself off from everyone um, and going to this distant area away from the camp. And that actually leads to Lori going out by herself to try to find Rick and Shan, to try to find Rick, um, who's mm-hmm. gone after Herschel in town, and inadvertently, that's that dumb car wreck. Yeah, the car wreck. She should not have gone by herself. Well, but she yes, goes, but there was nothing on the road. What uh, it bothered me so much that that she car was wreck that made no sense. It's Everyone says, "Did you find Lori to be like the most annoying character on the show?" Um. Uh, she was pretty annoying. She was pretty she was, annoying. She was annoying. I did not like her. 
Um, so anyway, I mean, I think that so you you know you've got some really good character development there. You find some really interesting character development with Glenn as he's mm-hmm. really growing into his role. Um, Herschel changing, really becoming really the wise man to the whole. Well, he had a beautiful arc. Beautiful. The scene yeah. where he and Rick like sit in a bar over the drink. Yeah. That was, that was I'm not saying season two is without character development. I just feel like it is less than later seasons of that. Right. So and um, I think Shane and Laurie and that stuff kind of. I didn't really care for. I didn't care for that. that either. I did not care for that in the least bit. Um, but that was, I didn't like that so much. Um, I love the arc with Carol. I love the arc with Daryl. Um, I liked Rick's story and Carl, you know, how he really becomes so, um, cold hearted, you know, by the end. But look at the, look at the people you're picking and the elements you're picking. Those are central today, even more so. And I True. think that's because the show really found its voice and honed in on what made it good, and and, and found the way. And the writers are smart about enhancing the pot, the best parts of it. Right, but that was all season two, the most criticized well, the, season. The seeds were planted, yeah, but they were also a bit a bunch of other distracting things. And now they've pulled yeah. these and cultivated those plants. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's interesting. I mean, watching. Watch. I watched when I watched season two the first time. I watched it, you know, like without fast forwarding or whatever. But you know, I found that when I've watched it again, I've fast forwarded through certain scenes. But um, because I'm looking for something in particular. Um, but I really, I mean, I liked it. I, I think that the the um, the slowness of the season um, mm-hmm. is to a large extent, justified um, by this slow deflation of all hope. You know, all hope ends. Um, and where they go next, you know, that there is no such... Being reborn. And then hope is reborn again. So, yep. you know, they're not so far. I mean, they're, you know, that's the thing about humanity is that as long as there's hope, as long as you keep, you know trying to find that grain of humanity. You know, once you lose your humanity altogether, you're doomed. Yep. But if you can bring yourself back or somebody else can bring you back, then I think that there's hope. And I really um I really find that that, you know, that I I really enjoyed that. And and as I said, that is um Really, you know, season two just drew me in because of of those kinds of themes in a way that season one didn't. I got through season one. It was short. It was to the point. It set up the rest of the series for me. And I love the stuff at the prison. You know, it was kind of like, okay, we're in this nice little idyllic. And I think a lot of people complained that there wasn't enough zombie action at the farm. I you know, this is a show. Is Some people show. just watch it for the zombie action. And to me, that I mean, sometimes I can go, oh, that was a cool zombie kill, but yeah. you know, I'm not a zombie fan, so I don't really... You know, those people, they're making The Evil Dead into a television show with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and that show's going to be more for them. 
you know, okay. Walking Dead for people that like characters and stories. Yeah, and see, I'm a character junkie. I mean, you know that. I'm a character junkie. Me too. I am too, so. And uh, I really, um, you know, the zombies aside, um, see, and it's funny because my daughter, um, her husband is a big Walking Dead comics fan. They've got every uh, issue. And mm-hmm. um, and my daughter's a big zombies fan. She says, yeah, there's just not enough zombies in it. Yeah. I'm like, eh. And there are all these, oh, you know, of course, season two is notable for the um, the swimming zombie. Yes. In the well? In the well. The zombie in the well. The zombie in the well. The zombie in the well. Hi, ho, yep. there we are. The zombie in the well. Um, yeah. Which he was like the grossest. He upped up to this last episode was the grossest zombie I think they've ever encountered. He was pretty gross. He was. He was. Um, the the napalm zombies were pretty intense. I just. I, I, I liked that because it paid off stuff from earlier seasons that hadn't been paid off yet. I like that. Tie yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. And it was yes, and I and I love that fight between um, Officer Bob and uh, and and Daryl. Um, I did think he was going to get bit. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill Daryl. They can't kill Daryl. How could they kill Daryl? Um, no way. I mean, they can. No, nobody's really safe. I mean, we like to I know that these certain they, characters are safe, but they could kill Rick next week. We don't know. We just yeah. don't know. Well, you know, I've, re- I've listened to interviews with uh, Andrew Lincoln and with Norman Reedus and a few of the other actors who say, yeah, when they get the new script, they go through them and they get to the end. And it's like, okay, I'm still in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because anybody could get killed at any time, and and I think that's one of the intriguing things about the uh, the series um, is that that can happen, and you yep. just don't know. It's like, holy crap, they killed Herschel. You know, whoa. Yeah. So, no, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, as annoying as they found her, were really surprised that Lori died when she died. Yeah, and how she? Died. I mean, and I didn't what a see bad it coming that early. I mean, in the in, in the comics, she lived till the end of the prison, and I think part of why they killed her so early was to one because she wasn't resonating with viewers, two because it made good sense of the story, and three because that told the comic book fans once and for all to stop trying to predict things they knew what was going to happen because. You just don't. Well, that's like on Game of Thrones. Everyone's always trying to predict what happens. And often... But those follow the books pretty well. They do, Walking but not entirely. Was... Yeah, but the general, the big deaths, when Joffrey's going to die, when Ty- Tywin's going to die, you know when those are coming if you've read the books. Walking Dead mm-hmm. doesn't do that. They're, you don't know when it's coming. You know, Lori died when the governor attacked the prison at the end in the comics. But in the show, they kill her off early because they wanted to do something shocking and surprising, and it, and it worked really well for the story that they were telling. True, true. Speaking of Game of Thrones, it's coming. Uh-huh. It's Eventually. coming. Eventually. Eventually. Okay. It's in, like, March, isn't it? Usually March. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I can't wait until, like, um, February when I, hopefully I'll get my invitation to the uh, – from your party. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a pre-premiere party. Yeah, they I know do you want to about that show yet. There's still so many things between now and then. I'm being moved. Whoa! I'm sitting in my I'm sitting on my couch with my feet up, and all of a sudden I was being moved. I think there was a zombie that was like approaching me from behind. <laughs> Indeed, it was, and his name is Phil. Hmm. Your zombie has a name. <laughs> oh, did you hear that growl? <laughs> yes, I keep my own pet zombie. Like Michonne. I hope you I hope you took off his bottom jaw and his hands like Michonne did with her pet. No, because he gives me back massages. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, real quick. I watched uh, Oh we gotta talk watched... about your we gotta talk about your web series. Oh, I was gonna talk about the newsroom real quick, if you don't mind. Talk Just about the second. newsroom. Okay. Talk okay. about the newsroom. Yeah, I got episodes four, five, and six in the mail. I think me two too. But but and, you didn't yeah, watch, you watched I, them. I did not. Oh, I watched four and five, and they just destroyed me. I I don't want to tell you why, but because I want you to be surprised. But they destroyed the end of four and pretty much all of five. I just uh ruined me, and now I'm watching the six, which I feel is going to be very emotionally satisfying. And I'm I'm 20 minutes into it, and I just stopped to do the podcast. I'm going to finish so, it as soon as we get off. But so, yeah. So now see now you're forcing me to, like, not watch the, another episode of season two of Walking Dead carefully <laughs> um, so that I can go and watch the final three episodes of the newsroom. I'm, I'm watching them as they air again, too, you know, because I, I just, even though I just watched them, they're just so good, and I love they that are show good. so much. I don't know. I, I, and it, it does bother me a little bit that the series finale shares the name. Uh, the episode name with a West Wing episode because I know he kind of repeats himself a bit. But it is, uh, I don't quite know where they're going to end yet, but I think my prediction of the Alamo was incorrect. Oh. So we'll see. But I, I, there are a lot of big developments in the last couple episodes, let me tell you. Okay. And the whole arcs, the whole arcs with who's going to own the company and the whole, um, you know, Will and the not revealing the source and all that, those kind of wrap up season episode four, bleed into season five, or episode five a bit, but they're not the end games of the series. There's other things at play. Okay. Well, I that can't wait. More, that are more tying back to the original stuff. Uh, there's flashbacks in the finale so far to just before the series starts. Okay. Well, I totally can't wait. Okay, so yeah, I promised yeah. that I would talk about your web series. <laughs> so do yeah. tell. Um, well, it is called G.O.D. is my BFF. And I really liked that title, but now I'm kind of regretting it because I'm afraid it's, I have to immediately explain, no, it's not about religion. And no, it doesn't. I'm an atheist, but it doesn't promote, you know, religion or anti-religion. It's more about a guy that's on a bridge and he's in a very, very dark place. And this other guy comes in and interrupts his suicide. And they start having these conversations. And the web series, I'm releasing one episode a week. Uh, I released episode 10 last week, and there are 13 episodes in the first season. So we've got three more to go. Uh, most so, of them are around five, five pages long. So they're, they're, they are about the length of a web series episode if they were filmed, even though I'm only releasing them in script form. 
Okay. And it's it's kind of a a lot about there's some questions about the meaning of life, and they get into that a little bit. But there's also this mythology story of who is this guy that comes by and interrupts our protagonist on the bridge, and what are his hmm. motivations, and what does he want? And the more the protagonist pushes up at this guy, the more this guy gets cagey and pulls back. And so then it's, there starts to be some other things. And if you – I already have the next couple seasons mapped out, so I know there's definitely going to be wow. supernatural elements and some, you know, hopefully some things you don't expect, surprises, running battles between good and evil. But at the moment, it's very much a a guy being – mentally messed with by another guy. Hmm. Cool. So where can they find it? JeromeWetzel.com JeromeWetzel.com Well, that sounds really... My buddy told me that he kept typing in JeromeWetzelTV.com because that's my Twitter handle and it was screwing him up. So I went ahead and bought that domain and pointed it. So whether you type in JeromeWetzel or JeromeWetzelTV, you're fine. You'll get to it. Oh, cool. So I'm going to post that. Wetzel.com. So if people want to, did I spell that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, so people should go and check. It sounds like a really intriguing little thing. Um, I'm working on a new novel. Another new novel. Another one? Actually, it's an old novel. It's a novel I started like 30 years ago. Oh, wow. And um, dropped because everything that's in it, a lot of what was in it is kind of moot because it's already happened, <laughs> so, which is a little scary when you wrote a novel 30-something years ago and it's like, okay, well, that shit already went down. So, um, so it's, it's actually, um, I've been inspired to pick this up again because of The Walking Dead. So thank you, oh, Walking cool. Dead. Um but it's I had written this post-apocalyptic novel that takes place in Chicago. No zombies. Um, <laughs> but it was originally like a nuclear accident that isolated Chicago. And but people in Chicago, the survivors had no idea. And uh, but I'm gonna um, it's gonna be changed. And I actually connected it with some other stuff and set some of it in Columbus. Actually, <laughs> interestingly enough. Um, oh, cool. Became, like, if you have new... any questions about the city, you need any guidance. Yeah, I took that? all that out um, because I'm uh. going to, you know, I had had like a second storyline that took place in what was the region, region five of, of EPA is in Chicago. A region five of everything in the federal government is in Chicago, but Chicago didn't exist anymore. So everything was moved to Columbus and which would make sense since that's also in region five. And um, so I um, so I had to take all that stuff out, and I left all the post-apocalyptic Chicago stuff in because it was kind of cool, and the kind of environment and universe I had created in Chicago was kind of cool, I thought. And so I kept all that. And uh, But I'm going to actually make where they, uh, my intrepid heroes, go. And it also starts out with a suicide, an attempted suicide on a bridge, by the way, which is really bizarre that you would say that. Um, and and I wrote this a long time ago with Mel Gibson in mind as the star of the of the movie. Oh, if it was going to be I hope you your mind this now. was thir- this was thirty something years ago. So no, 
Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I, that would I be Robert Carlyle. <laughs> no, no, he's English. Um, so it's possible. Um, all my protagonists are British. What can I say? Um, Andrew Lincoln, no, then? <laughs> I don't, no, I don't picture him. I have to figure out who I picture. Um, but there's this group of, of guys called the Nulls, and they are actually um, nano-controlled. Um, like, you know, like a controlled group of gang people. So, um, but, but who they're controlled by, our survivors have no idea. But um, basically anyone that had anything to do with science or technology is immediately targeted. So, um, because everything is very anti-science. And they find this haven that is actually a throwback to Victorian society. But is it a haven? That's the question. Um, Anyway, so that's kind of what the novel's about in a nutshell. Um, When I have time to do some writing. I know, I haven't been working on my novel lately either, so I understand. Yeah. Well, but you've got this cool web series. I can't wait to see it. Everybody should go to JeromeWestle.com. Yeah, let me know what you think. I wrote it over a year ago, and I kept wanting to film it, and then I finally just came to terms that So how did you, how did you, so did you, I mean, did you go out and hire actors and everything? No, um, I kind of had in mind that I was going to use some people I already knew. I didn't, it's not filmed, it's just scripts that I'm posting. But that's why I, I finally came to terms with the fact that it's not realistic that it's going to be filmed anytime soon but I wanted to go ahead and work on season two. So I figured I'll put the scripts out there, and if anybody, you know, is into making web series and wants to offer assistance in that regard, that's great. Um, but for now, I'm going to do it as a text-only thing. Huh. Well, that sounds really cool. I am yeah, really... I, you, I did have to make a few adjustments in my screenplays for things like I wanted to drop hints throughout season one that pay off at the end. And I had mm-hmm. to really think about how to drop them in since you're going to actually be reading them without making it as obvious as I would have had it. So right. I'm kind of reworking it a little bit as I go. But essentially the story has been in place for a while, and hopefully people huh. will read it and get excited about it. Well, cool. It sounds really interesting. Um, and I look forward to doing to, to taking a look at it. So I want to wish you a very, um, a very happy Thanksgiving. Are you all like yes, all set? You Thanks. Are you all set like Black Friday to go out and shop? Oh no, we don't do that. <laughs> I will stay far away from shopping areas on Black Friday. I once went to um about I think it was about ten years ago now, about five years ago. Um, went to uh Nordstrom Rack on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And Nordstrom Rack is like one of my favorite places to shop. Um they have some really good deals, they have some really good stuff. And it's like really like I like designer clothes, so what can I say? Um, but you can get some really good deals. And so I went to Nordstrom Rack the day after Thanksgiving with my daughter. And we're like, Oh, okay, we're just gonna get a few things and it was like the line was like all around the entire store, um, just for the checkout line. It was like oh. all everything is really tight in there and it's like, okay. Well, maybe not. But um, it was an experience. And I've been to Best Buy on on Black Friday. Actually, one year I went to Best Buy on Black Friday. 
and I went at like 5 a.m. And I think it was to buy a television. And I was bound and determined to get this $100 television that was like the $600 TV. Or maybe it was a, no, it was a computer monitor, a flat screen computer monitor. And uh, let's talk about how long ago that was, right? And it was like a flat screen, high definition computer monitor. And uh-huh. uh, I got out there at five o'clock and I got one of those puppies. I was like, really excited. Uh, and I left and I bought it and I left. And I was really proud of myself. <laughs> Last because year, I think it, I did all of Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, and it was a lot. I mean, I don't even. The all, I do have a computer display, but I have one of those 27 inch Mac cinema screen displays mm. in my office so that I can hook mm-hmm. my MacBook Pro up to that. And, uh, but I don't, like, you know, I haven't used a regular computer for a long time. Yeah, last year I did all my Christmas shopping online over, like, three hours oh, yeah. Saturday over, like, Thanksgiving weekend. And that's how I plan to do it again this year. Me I'm too. Not fighting, I, that yep. mess. not fighting it. Yep. Amazon yep. two-day shipping. I mean, you can't yeah. do it. Even one-day shipping. I mean, three ninety nine if you're on Prime. I mean, well, I'm on Prime, and that, that, I'll just do the two-day. Although right, two I mean, day if you're doing Christmas shopping, mean, right? If it's I don't something know if you've for noticed, me, but two, yeah. If it's something for me, yeah. I'll pop for the for the three ninety-nine. But if it's something that I don't need for a while, I can wait two days. Although yeah. two days used to mean I'd get it like a day and a half later, and now it's been like two and a half, three days or longer. Hmm. Two two days doesn't mean two days anymore. I found. But it still comes quicker than the old ground shipping used to. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes the, the day shipping. Sometimes I've ordered things like at ten o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and like they're, they're still next day. And I think it's if they ship from like right around Chicago. See, I used to have that happen all the time, and now I'll order on like a Saturday morning, and I won't get it till like Wednesday. And that's oh, wow. two day shipping. I know, and that just seems ridiculous. Yeah. But I don't think we do have an Amazon warehouse in Ohio or anywhere near Columbus. I know there's one in Lexington, Kentucky, which is about three hours away. So maybe that could be part of it, too. Okay. Well, we are out of time. So have a happy Thanksgiving. You, too. See you all next week, and we'll talk about the, ooh, the big season finale of mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. Ooh, can't uh, wait. If we're not too busy crying. <laughs> Oh my God! If I'll tell you, if it's Carol, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like just in tears, and you we'll know, spend most of the show just talking about her. <laughs> we will, um, we will, and and I'll probably spend most of the time talking about how that will affect Daryl. So, yeah, <laughs> which it's gonna be the biggest impact on him of oh, any yeah, of the characters. I think that's true of, of Beth too. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. We'll see you next week. Okay. See you then. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. See you next week.